Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Jesus. I am your host, Todd Ubley. Ladies and gentlemen, this is part two of Hope Above All. If you have not listened to part one yet, then please, I encourage you to do so. Part one was released on November 16th as season two, episode seven. In this episode, we will hear the second part, the remainder of the testimony of our special guest, Michelle Dalton. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, part two. Michelle, you've shared a little bit about, you know, the impacts this had to your life. Emotionally, how did this affect you as you were going through this? Just, I can't even imagine, you know, the stress or the anxiety associated with just the surgeries and the bills and and all the fallout. Would you mind talking about that a little bit? You know, I have always been kind of reserved and quiet person. Um, I've never had a lot of friends. Usually I had, you know, like one or two friends that I considered close friends. And so when all of this happened, I really was just very alone because I didn't have any friends. You know, my mom was doing her best, but she just looked at me one day and she said, I wish you would have died in that accident because things were so bad. Oh my goodness. You know, you take that to heart. You really do. And you just can't quite get your feet under you. But um, I've always enjoyed music. And I grew up in church that sang the old hymns. And there are so many that just, you don't realize until they start going through your head at just the right time, what they mean. I mean, you sing them Sunday after Sunday and like, um, I'm trying to think, it is well with my soul. You just don't think about that when you're standing in church on a Sunday morning and singing it. And then you have to live it. And to be able to say, it is well with my soul, hmm, there are some days that's just not easy. Right, right. So I guess for me, you know, looking back on those years, I don't know how. I just, the only thing I can point to is is the grace of God because he was the only one that stuck around. to see me through that's wow again i i can't even imagine it, it, would you mind just sharing a little bit about how god helped you through that whole experience you know like anything else in life i think it's a matter of time and growth you learn to depend you learn to lean and i think after a while when you start looking back you can see those fingerprints where he's been in your life, you know, and that didn't come for years and years and years afterwards. And I guess part of this story is that I was in another accident in 2016. My mom and I were on our way to a a family reunion out of town and a kid on his way into the bar crossed traffic in front of us, and we broadsided him at 60 miles an hour. Oh, my goodness. 
and we actually came out of that one okay but you know it just happened so quick but in that split second before we hit you just you knew you were going to die and i called out jesus save us and he did he did um wow i mean I, again i can't even i can't even imagine what you've gone through but just wow <laughs> it's phenomenal really just just that you've had the strength to endure so much and you know even in that last split second where you called out Jesus save us and then he did in a very real way you know even after all the years that you struggled where God was with you in that one single instant it was almost miraculous really to be quite honest with you it was I mean we shouldn't have survived that first impact and we actually came to a rest and my mother um, was driving and she just turned and looked at me and we were just amazed but the car behind us didn't stop and it hit my side of the car at full speed and essentially I had 2,500 pound black Jeep Cherokee in my lap. And so I pretty much got my right side crushed from where that impact hit. And this time I was awake for it all. Um, I never blacked out. And so it was so much more traumatic than that first accident where I didn't know what was happening. I just woke up in the hospital later. But this time, you know, I had I had to watch them try and get my mom out of the car and, you know, wait for them to try and get um, things arranged so they could get me out of the car. And knowing that my mom already had pretty severe medical issues and just worried about her, and they actually had to take her out of state to fix her up. So I couldn't even check in on her. Um, but I spent nine days in the hospital that time. And, you know, after going through that first accident, like I said, I just, I didn't think much about the different ways that God had come alongside me in all of those years and help me face the painful and very hurtful things that had happened and the challenges, a lot of them I created myself, but at the same point in time, you know, he was still right there. And it didn't dawn on me until I was faced with the same circumstance again. And so again, just going back to that music and being alone in that hospital bed and in so much pain, it was the same, ankle and foot that they had repaired the first time around, plus a different additional damage all the way up and down that right side. Um, my, my collarbone, my ribs, my sternum, my hip, my knee, my ankle, um, my foot was absolutely crushed. And I just, I couldn't even breathe without pain because there was so much damage. And 
I was alone. I was alone in the hospital room. Nobody came to see me. You know, my husband was busy trying to take care of our son at home. My mother was gone and there just was nobody else. And so I spent a lot of time and I can't say I was really singing, but just kind of whispering the words to the songs that meant so much to me under my breath and just finding in that, I guess maybe you'd call it worship. Um, just a little bit of something to keep me going. But, you know, for all of that, the bigger pain was when I got home because the wheelchair was something I thought would be temporary. And after about nine months, they said, no, you're just, the bones aren't healing in your foot and your ankle. We can't repair them because it would re require a bone graft. And since you're already not healing in a couple of spots, we're not going to take bone from another place. And so all of a sudden that was life. And we lived in a house that had very narrow doorways, which meant I was trapped in my living room. I couldn't go anywhere else. You know, my husband had hauled a bed into a corner of the living room. I had a portable commode and a chair and all within about six or seven feet of each other. And that was the sum total of my life was those four walls, you know, and when he would leave for work in the morning, he would lock us into the house so my son couldn't get out. And I just had to deal the best I could with what was there. And, you know, my poor little boy, he was used to having a hands-on mom and all of a sudden, you know, the best I can do is sit and look at him. <laughs> so those years since have just been um, kind of mind-numbing in a way. You just kind of get numb to everything. But again, you know, the circumstances, the, the circumstances were ugly, but apparently I'm really stubborn. And the only <laughs> way God gets my attention is to throw cars at me. And so <laughs> the first time he threw a car at me, I found out that I was a really good graphic designer. Well, the second time he threw a car at me, I discovered that I can write. And so I was, I was absolutely bored out of my mind. I had nothing to do except sit in a chair and stare at the ceiling and try and keep my son from going stir crazy. And one day I just decided I was gonna start writing. I just, I had to have something to do with myself. And so that was in um, January of 2018, about, about a year and a half after the accident. I finally had gone stir crazy enough. I had to do something. And so I just started writing and it was just for me. You know, I've always had a dream of being a writer, but my spelling sucked and my grammar was even worse. And so <laughs> there, was, there was no way. Um, in fact, it was kind of a running joke in my family that, you know, you can't read what Michelle wrote because she doesn't put commas anywhere or she, she throws them in in weird spots. And anyways, I started writing and I wrote, I think it's 12 books in the first 18 months. And so I've learned <laughs> to depend on my dictionary and my thesaurus and I've <laughs> learned to edit my work, but God gave me an opportunity. He had to redirect my attention away from all the things I was doing. 
And like I said, apparently I'm stubborn enough that the only way he's going to get my attention is to really, really, really get my attention. I'm starting to feel a little bit like Balaam. He's got to, you know, God's got to send donkeys to talk to me every so often before I get the idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's where I'm at now, you know, is I guess they say beauty for ashes. And so that's kind of where I feel like I'm at, you know. I was finally able, when I started making a little money with the books, to start doing some water therapy. And so after several months of doing water therapy every day, I was able to get out of the the wheelchair more and use a walker. Um, gradually, I was able to get rid of the great big heavy brace that went from my knee to my toes and walk without that, still the assistance of the walker for a while. But after about two and a half years now, I don't use the walker very often anymore. I'm able to drive again. I can't say that I really walk. It's kind of more like a peg leg penguin waddle thing, but I'm more mobile than I was. <laughs> and so I'm just, I'm thankful, you know, for every, for every time I thought it was over, it wasn't over. It was just a redirect to something better and brighter and more in line with, you know, what God created me for. And like I said, I'm just, I'm such a determined, self-sufficient person that he really had to take some drastic measures to get my attention. I, I'm hoping now that I'm, I'm malleable enough that <laughs> we don't have to go that route again. Right, right. Twice is more than enough. But, um, you know, I'm just, I'm thankful for those, I don't even know how to say it. Um, I'm thankful that he cared enough about me to get my attention and put me on the right path. I don't appreciate the constant pain that I'm still in, but I do think that He's healing me little bits by little bits by little bits, you know, and so maybe I'll never walk exactly right again, but I'm not going to take for granted what I have anymore. And I'm wholeheartedly thankful that I have the opportunity to, I don't know, just maybe share that a little bit. I, and, I, and I have with family and friends. You know, when 2020 hit and everybody was stuck in their house for weeks and weeks at a time and they were going stir crazy, I'm like, ha, been there, done that. Tell you what, this is what you do. And <laughs> they just look at me and they're like, yeah, no, whatever. Um, they, they, weren't, they weren't ready to, to concede defeat yet. But, um, you know, it's been useful to be able to help people dealing with some of those things where, you know, they've hit those ruts in life or they're utterly disappointed or, um, you know, they're just so low they can't see, they can't see a way out. I mean, I've been there and I can't tell you how, you know, it changed. I don't know 
I just only know that I spend a lot of time sitting on my on the edge of my bed in the middle of the night, you know, talking, talking to God and saying, now what? I have no idea what I'm doing. If you don't get me out of this mess, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> and he just, he meets me there over and over and over again. And I guess that's all I know for sure. Yeah, God, God will always meet us where we're at and he'll always help us when we need it the most. And it sounds like just throughout your life, God has always been there. I, uh, honestly, I don't know how, how you do it. I mean, that's a, a phenomenal testimony. It really, truly is. I, I really appreciate you you sharing that because I just, like you said, with when 2020 hit and, you know, well into 2021, probably even into 2022, so many people are hurting, you know, people have lost their jobs, people have gotten sick, people have been, you know, hospitalized for weeks. And I think it will help them to hear your story and just to to know that God will meet them where they're at. I think that's the, the biggest takeaway, Michelle. And I know it's never easy sharing things like this. And I really, really appreciate you, you doing that because, like I said, I, it really is. It is a phenomenal um, testimony, and I really think it'll be helpful to people. And I really, really appreciate you you opening up and sharing that with us. Like you said, with the way the world is working right now, and so many people are hurting, I just felt like maybe it was finally time to put a little bit of that out there so people know that it's not hopeless. It's not. There are ugly days. And, you know, I guess there, there is a quote I came across, and I'm, I can't remember who it was, but it is, you never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And I'm telling you, if, that, if they have to put something on my tombstone, that's what it'll be. Because <laughs> um, you just, you never really walk alone when you have the spirit with you, the strength that he gives, you know, maybe, I, I mean, personally, I would love to be able to jump up and run around and, you know, go jump in the leaves with my son and do all that kind of stuff. I would love that kind of energy. That's not what he gives me, not yet. <laughs> it's just enough to get me through the day. And I'm so thankful for it. And I mean, you become so grateful for every little bit that you have. And I guess I, I'm just going to share this because it's something I felt compelled to do um, last year about this time, is I wrote a series of six short stories, and they're topical. Um, so, for instance, the first one is about domestic abuse. The second is about suicide. The third is about unemployment. Um, there, there's six total, but essentially, you know, I was just looking around and seeing all the things that people were going through and, you know, to try and give them some hope in that situation. And that's what the series is called, Hope for the Holidays. And they're out there free. If people want to read them, they certainly can. I tried to put God in them, you know, in a way that would be like a modern day parable for them, I guess, because 
we all need those bits of hope sometimes. I wrote those because so many people I knew were hurting and they were asking the same questions. So I just hope maybe there's a little something in them that would help people find their way through a difficult time. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Michelle, thank you again for coming on the show and for sharing such such a powerful and phenomenal testimony. I'm not afraid to admit it. I, um, I have a little bit of dust in my eye, or, or maybe it's just allergies. Seriously, though, thank you very much for sharing just such an awesome testimony. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you enjoyed Michelle Dalton's testimony. I hope that you will not mind it being broken up into two parts, but it was just so powerful, there was nothing I could leave on the cutting room floor. So thank you for bearing with both of us as we release this episode in two parts. As always, thank you for listening, and thank you for watching. God bless.